Hello, you're listening to a podcast from Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. Radio Maria is a 24-7 Catholic radio station broadcasting online via our app, Radio Maria Play, and on DAB in an increasing number of areas. You can follow us on social media. And if you enjoy this program, please do click like and subscribe to us on your podcast provider. Radio Maria relies entirely upon listener donations. We have no other sources of funding, so please do consider supporting us with a monthly or one-off donation so that we can continue to keep providing great programming free at the point of access. To donate or find out more, visit us at radiomariaengland.uk. Hello and welcome to Radio Maria. This is our Just Life program and it's presented by me today, Tim Hutchinson. And I have the very um, great privilege and pleasure of having a very special guest who's joining us and who will be speaking to you today, whose name is Gina. And uh, tell me, Gina, where are you, where are you uh, calling from? Where exactly are you right now? I'm in Droitwich, which is in Worcestershire. We're about seven miles north of Worcester and 20 miles south of Birmingham. So in the middle of the country. Lovely. And um, today you're going to be speaking to us about a, a very um, important topic and something which I think is is uh, very um, important for many of our listeners. Um, and it's, it's the concept of bereavement. That's right. That's right. And um, yes. you've got a, a, a very innovative and um, interesting sort of initiative that you, you're going to be explaining to us. Um, I've called the this talk this morning the, the Bereavement Café. And I think putting those two words together is probably something that not very many people would have thought of before. <laughs> um, but I'm sure in the course of today's programme... You're going to explain to us a little bit about how this came about, what it does, and, and the story behind it. Yes, certainly. I hope it will be of interest to your listeners. I wonder so, if, before we begin, um, should we should we start with a prayer, perhaps? I'd, I'd be happy to do that if you... If you, if you would like to lead right. with a prayer, that would be lovely. Thank sure. you. So, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Lord, Amen. we thank you for uh, um, the opportunity to speak about this topic. And um, we pray for all those who are listening, those who are accompanying those in bereavement, or those who are in bereavement themselves. And um, we pray that this would be something that would be helpful to them and touch their hearts. We pray this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, Gina, I'm going to hand over to you. Thank you very much, Tim, for the opportunity to speak to you and your listeners. I'm from St. Vincent de Paul Society. I'm based in Droitwich. 
But St. Vincent de Paul's Society started in Paris in 1833 by a group of students who were challenging the authorities about how to help the poor. The tables got turned on them and they were asked, well, what are you doing about the poor? So they went out and collected wood and they put what few coins they'd got together and they bought food and they distributed the wood and the food to the poor in Paris. So they'd identified a need. And today in Droitwich, we identified a different need to help and support people. And that was to help bereaved people. Sadly, death is something that we will all encounter during our life. It will probably still come as a shock, even if we've expected the inevitable. So what do we do after the death of a loved one? And there is a lot to do. Shocked, disorientated, not necessarily having support of any sort, we will all react differently. And the circumstances might dictate how we behave and react. There are no rules about this. The funeral directors are very helpful and compassionate and help direct you through the first few weeks up to the funeral. If you're connected to a church, then the priest or the minister will try to guide and support you. But for you as an individual, it feels like you're in a bubble. There are lots of practical things that have to be done. And St. Vincent de Paul's Society in Droitwich has prepared a list that our parish priest can hand out to bereaved families and individuals. The sort of things that are on the list are, you have to register the death, you have to get how many death certificates? Well, more than one would be useful. The registrar will ask if you want to sign up to tell us once. A lot of us have never heard of tell us once, but it's a really useful um, service that is offered where all the government departments are notified by the registrar. Finances need to be looked at. Utility bills might need to be changed. Unwanted mail, that is really important. When you've lost a loved one, you don't want letters continually dropping through your letterbox. So this list we've got, and we've added a checklist at the back so that all the key practical things that need to be addressed are on one sheet of paper. So after the funeral, what happens then? Friends and families slowly drift back to their normal lives and they think that you will just pick up your life and carry on in a slightly different way. But that's not how it works. Very good friends and family members may, with the best of intentions, set you a timescale for getting back to normal, such as, well, come on, it's been six months now, pull yourself together, go and join something. However, 
Each and every one bereaved person is different. Their bereavement journey will take a different route and timescale. There is no standard or timescale for getting back to the new normal. We should not lay out expectations to a befriend friend or colleague or family member. Give them time and space to make their journey in their own way and at their own pace. Be there to offer support and tissues when needed. A memory or a situation might suddenly cause someone to be emotional months after the death and they burst into tears. This is a necessary part of healing. Don't try to stop them from crying. Be supportive. Find the tissues. Make a cup of tea. And if it's a member of your church, pray with them if that's what they want. Some people do not deal with the bereavement at the time of death. They manage to march on, dealing with life and all that comes their way. And then maybe 20 or 25 years later, something changes in their lives and grief catches up with them. We need to be respectful and supportive to these people. Certainly, we should not criticise and judge, but try to understand. There is a danger that it is our feeling of being uncomfortable that is likely to take over when we should be looking to support the bereaved person. The type of death will also impact on how the bereaved person deals with their bereavement journey. There might be an inquest or a post-mortem, which takes time. Whilst ever there are legal bits going on in connection with the death, the bereaved person cannot begin to recover from the death of a loved one. There may be family disagreements. Was the person who died the linchpin of the family? Suddenly, the family members do not know how to behave with each other. The dynamics have changed. And this is a time when families should be pulling together. Each and every family member having their own agenda and their own bereavement journey to travel. And we need to remember that grief is never going to go away. What changes is our ability to deal with that grief. And I suggest we have a little break now for some music. You're listening to Just Life on Radio Maria with Gina Pilly, who's busy speaking to us about bereavement. I'm going to hand over to you again, Gina. 
Thank you very much, Tim. In order to help people in the early stages of this bereavement journey, St Vincent de Paul Society in Droitwich are setting up a once a month bereavement cafe. This will be a safe place where people can come to talk knowing that there is no comeback from what they say and what they say is treated in confidence and they are treated with respect. If you see a bereaved friend, the first thing people are likely to say is, how are you? If the person is, that person is not going to say how they feel. They might be screaming inside, but do not want to upset other people or appear not to be coping. So they're probably not honest. I'm okay, or I'm as well as can be expected is probably the response that you would get. In the bereavement cafe, you do not have to lie. People can talk about the awful experiences that they have had, and we will listen, no matter how many times they, they say how they have been feeling. We will not tell them that they should be back to normal now, we will give them permission not to feel okay. Other people who are also, they will also be with other people who are feeling as though their lives have been destroyed. And however will they manage to pick up the pieces? We will have openers on the table so that people can Think about what's there. They are, how are you feeling? You can be honest here. Do you want to talk? It's okay not to feel okay. They might even pick one up and say, which says, I don't know what to say. We will also have a box with a, a notepad and pencils. So if somebody is worried about something but does not feel they can voice their concern, they can write anonymously and put it in the box. And at the end of the cafe, we will take the pieces of paper out and discuss what the worry has been. The cafe will also have tissues, tea, coffee and biscuits. We will offer an initial 12 visits to the monthly cafe and then offer a bereavement journey course which will run each week for seven weeks. This course will look at the various stages of bereavement and how they can be tackled. There will be two trained leaders running the course and support the bereaved participants. The course is delivered over the internet and up to 10 people would be in the room with the leaders. There will be time for questions and discussions between the participants and the leaders. We would be looking at loss, the pain of grief and how it feels, the pain of grief and how to deal with it, coping with change, moving forward and because this will be open to 
the wider community, there are faith questions as well, which would be optional because not everybody would necessarily want to join in that session. When the course ends, we will encourage people to take up other activities. We have a list of the clubs and groups in our town. And it may be that participants of the bereavement course have formed a bond and would like to meet on a regular basis to help them move forward on their journey. The course and the bereavement cafe will be open to all and free of charge. We are applying for funding from various organisations to ensure that there is no obstacle to the access of this support. We will not be counselling, but we will signpost people if we feel that that is the right course of action. Our local hospice is very interested in this um, project that we are setting up, and they are also offering support should we need it for us as volunteers or for the people attending the cafe. Our volunteers will all have to be DBS checked. We get two references. They have safeguarding training and also training on how to support bereaved people. They will be auxiliary members of St. Vincent de Paul Society and they've been recruited from the wider community in Droitwich. They are not all members of our church and may not even be church attendees, but they are compassionate, caring and good listeners. And the bereavement journey is not a project that I have dreamt up. It's something that the Church of England has been running for many years. So it's tried and tested. The courses that we're using for training are also the courses that are recommended by the bereavement journey. And again, they are tried and tested. One comment that we have been hearing on a regular basis from bereaved people is that Sunday afternoon is the worst time of the week. So for the past year, we have been running a Sunday afternoon tea cake and chat session on the second Sunday of each month in our church hall. And I must say, the cake is important. We have been told, though, that there are people who would love to come, but because it's in, held in the church hall of a Catholic church, they won't come, which I find quite sad. Because we don't mention faith, what we're trying to do in true St. Vincent de Paul society means is to satisfy a need and to help those people who are in need, people who need some company. But it does highlight for us the fact that the bereavement cafe and the bereavement journey are probably best held 
on a neutral in a neutral location if possible so that support is open to all i hope that that is of some interest to you all i'm happy to answer questions if that's possible tim um, I don't know if you want to know more about how we started this in the first place, but we can perhaps explore that in a bit. Shall, shall we have a bit more music? Indeed. I think that's a wonderful idea, um, Kina. So we're going to go to um, the second music choice of Kina for this morning. We've been speaking about bereavement on this Just Life program and this wonderful initiative that Kina is involved with called the um, Bereavement Cafe and um, how Kina's journey with the St. Vincent de Paul Society has has helped her to, to find this need and to fill it. So we'll talk a little bit about how that came to be um, and we'll also be taking questions at, at a later stage. And in the meantime, this uh, we're going to listen to the Ave Maria by Charles Gounod, um, written over that wonderful prelude by J.S. Bach. And this is um, sung by Kiri Takanawa. You're listening to Just Life on Radio Maria. And um, we've been speaking to Gina Pilly, who has um, just been involved in a very interesting initiative called the Bereavement Cafe. This is a place for people who are suffering from bereavements of some kind or helping others to be able to meet. It's a safe space um, where they can they can share their their uh, the sufferings and the and the grief that they're going through, and um, I wanted to hear a little bit from you, Kina, about um, the how it was that you began to get involved in it. What was, tell us a little bit about your personal journey of getting involved in the bereavement cafe. Well, about two years ago. St. Vincent de Paul Society were offering an online course with Twickenham University and it was called The Art of Dying Well. So I signed up for this thinking naively that it was to do with how I would personally manage to be dying well because I'd actually had a lot of health issues and I thought this would be useful for my family if I behaved properly. Well, in actual fact, it was nothing to do with me. It was to do with supporting people who have had a terminal diagnosis and needed somebody to be with them through their journey or because they'd got family members, they needed somebody outside of the family to be involved. Well, 
once I realized what the course was about, I thought, well, I've started this, I'd better carry on. So I continued with the course. And then one of our other members from SVP also did the course, also thinking it was the same <laughs> for him. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it ended up that we both said we are not in a position to make that commitment. But we both sat down and said, but what happens after that person has died? Mm. What, what support do we as a church, as a community in the town and within St. Vincent de Paul Society give to bereaved people? Mm. So we started making inquiries and we were very disappointed at the lack of support. And at this time, some I was bumping into people in the town who I hadn't seen for a long time. And as you do, you say, hello, how are you? How's your family? And I had three people within two weeks say to me, oh, well, I've lost my husband. Mm -hmm. And Sunday afternoon is the worst time of the week. And I thought, somebody's trying to tell me something here you know it was such a coincidence so i then phoned around all i uh, looked on the diocesan website for birmingham diocese which is who we come under looking to see what the church is offered and i found three parishes in the north of coventry who put something on their website to say that they gave bereavement support. So I got on the phone, chatted to them. And of course, we'd got COVID going on, um, which didn't help. So some things that had been running were no longer going to even be started up. I did find that within our town, there had been a group, but that had dissolved into a social group and that's really very good but doesn't help support people in that initial stage of bereavement i then found that there was a bereavement cafe in worcester and i went along and visited it and that's run by the church of england and that was where I found out about the bereavement journey. And they've been running theirs for about two years. I sat and chatted with the people who were at the bereavement cafe. And they said it was like a lifeline mm. to them. They'd all lost loved ones. Some of them had done the bereavement journey, which they said was quite difficult to do but they found that it was very helpful to help them move forward. So I thought, we've just got to do this. There's, it was just shouting at me, really. Mm. Um, I tried various avenues, but we're fortunate in our town that we have a volunteer bureau, and they have helped because they are younger than me, they can do all the social media bits that I can't do. And so they put the word out and we advertised 
for people within the town who might be interested in supporting this project. Within our St Vincent de Paul group that we ha have, we've got about 15 members, we are really busy helping people find household goods, helping them declutter mm. and befriending. So we, we were short on capacity within our group to um, take on a big project like this. But it's been amazing, the response. I've had about 10 or 12 people from the wider community say, yes, we want to be involved with that. And they are quite happy to be part of St. Vincent de Paul Society. They like the fact that we're going to be training and that there is a structure there. So that's really how we started. Okay. It was almost like I was being dragged along yes. because if somebody had told me five years ago I would be doing this, I would, I would have been mystified because it's not a topic that had really entered my head i i come from an accounting background i am not from the care industry at all um That's amazing. but i but i'm i'm very much for helping anybody in need which is what we do with saint vincent de paul society um it seems like the Lord um, just looks for willing hands. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it does. It, I imagine that you um, you've seen the work or you've you've recognized the Holy Spirit sort of guiding you in these events. It sounds very, very much like um, they were quite fortuitous with um, how these things came about. Oh, gosh, yes. I mean, I'm a convert. <laughs> <laughs> I'm married into a Catholic family. Yeah. What, nearly 50 years ago now. Um, but congratulations. Yes, I, this is not me. This yeah. is not me at all, because I've been taken way out of my comfort zone. So it's got to be the Holy Spirit, you know, taking me along and carrying me on the wave, as it were, yeah. because it's it's not the sort of thing that I would uh, intuitively have got involved with. I've been getting all these messages that I just can't ignore. Yeah. So, so I, I, I'm curious about, so you say that there is this um, trend that the people find Sunday afternoons the most difficult time um, who are facing some kind of bereavement. So they gather together on a Sunday afternoon for what is called the bereavement cafe, and then um, do do they find that they actually end up helping each other, um, or is it more led by a, a leader who who helps the people who are there together? They're they're two separate things. The the bereavement cafe is going to be during the daytime on a Tuesday in our town mm -hmm. Tuesday morning. Okay, Tuesday. And we have trained supporters who will sit and talk to people and listen to them. Um, and I see people who are newly bereaved really 
coming to that in initially but the sunday afternoon tea and cake and chat that's for um bereaved people and lonely people to come along to and yes they just come and they chat mm. they they just have somewhere to go they say that Monday to Friday, there's a lot going on. Mm -hmm. On a Saturday, you still can go around and all the shops are open. But on a Sunday, especially if you don't go to church, then there's a whole day there with very little going mm -hmm. on at all. Um, and they say it's like a family day. So one man um, talked to me the one day and he said, I sit in my front room and I can see families going up and down in their car. They said they all go out as a group and then hours later, they all come back again. He said, and I'm sat here on my own. And he said, if this was run every day of the week, I would come. Wow. You know, which is... It's very powerful. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's there is such a need there, and I think particularly men find it quite difficult because they don't open up easily. They find it difficult to talk. So, yeah, I I can definitely see that. That's a um, it's an, a need that you you're filling. That sounds quite um, quite needed. Quite remarkable. Um, we're going to go to another music break and we'll be back just after this piece of music. You're listening to Radio Maria, and this is Just Life. We've been talking about the Bereavement Cafe, a very interesting initiative. Um, and we've our guest this morning has been Gina Pilly, who's from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. And um, we have a caller on the line. This is Anastasia. Hello, Anastasia. Good morning, team. Good morning, Radio Maria. Thank you for having me. Um, good morning, Tina. It's, it's lovely, lovely talk you have given us on radio. I, it's really an eye-opener for me. Uh, my father passed away in 1987. Hmm. And because I was very close to my dad, <clears throat> I really miss him a lot. But I know he's in a good place. And I'm Catholic, so I go to church and I believe in God. That He's looking down at me and he's giving me blessing. 
so I mustn't be sad. I should smile at him, but I do miss him down here a lot, especially on special occasion because he was a, in a way a master chef for in our family, and uh, I like cooking, so it definitely runs in a gene. So. Every time I'm in the kitchen, I think about him, the way he used to taught me proper Christmas pudding at Christmas time, and he's got his own recipe for so many things. So, but I have a lot of, lot of friends in church, and it's so sad when, especially during funeral mass, it just tears roll down my cheek because I think about my position that way. I miss so many of my you know, brother-in-law, sister-in-law, father-in-law, father, mother-in-law, I mean, grandma. It, every funeral mass is just, I go back into memories and I start crying. But, I say, but when I, my, I talk to friends, they lost their husband. And recently this person lost two brothers. And it's very, very difficult to even say hello to her and I do persevere. I just keep saying, I just say, because she knows me quite. I just, I, I love you and I think of you. Um, so did you find this, uh, what, what Gina had to say, as, as helpful, um, Anastasia? Yes, it, 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 it does help. But mostly, we have been in Depot, but unfortunately, lack of members, and a lot of members are like, you know, with their age, they're now housebound. So we have very small, uh, small, very small few members around. But also because I belong to Legion of Mary, uh, my commitment is mostly like now I'm going to door-to-door visitation. But if I do meet people who lost somebody, I can experience or I can tell from my experience. And Hugh, what you said this morning will be great help. i just like to say thank you. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Great. Have a good morning. Thank you, Ready Maria. Bye-bye. Yes. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Thanks, Anastasia. Bye-bye. God bless. Bye. Bye. So, um, yes, that was one of our, our faithful listeners. Um, clearly clearly touched by, by what you said, Gina. So thank you for that. And um, I'm sure you, you probably meet people in um, your work who've been carrying these bereavements for many years and haven't had the opportunities to speak about them, just like um, Anastasia. Yes, and we're hoping that the Bereavement Cafe will give people this opportunity so that they need to talk, yeah. but in a safe place. So... yeah. We have a, another caller on the line. Um, Radio Maria, hello. Oh, hello. Hello, Gina. Thank you for sharing all about the Bereavement Cafe. You're welcome. I was wondering, I work with a lot of youth at our parish, and I know that a lot of, sometimes it gets overlooked uh, when their family members pass away. Um, we recently had a, a young, I think she's an 11-year-old, um, whose mother died tragically of a cancer that progressed very quickly and took her mother away so quickly. Is there anything, is there such a thing as a youth bereavement cafe? 
not that I'm aware of, but teachers are often trained within a school. You might find that there is one teacher who is trained to support the children. I know in our town there is a support worker employed by one of the schools and she has done specific training in order to support children because they've had several families where they've lost one of the parents um so but i don't know of a cafe that would mm. be running specifically for young people but the local hospices usually offer support, for, um, especially if there's a children's hospice nearby, then they would offer support, even if the parent or the, who passed away has not been uh, a patient within the hospice, then the hospices do offer other support for people in the wider community, which is something that I didn't know until recently. I thought you would only get the support if you had been a patient there, but they have a lot of programs going. So if there was a children's hospice nearby, I think I would approach them for support. That's very good to know. I, I had the same question. Thank you for bringing that up, Helena. I was, I was wondering about um, young people and, and uh, support for them for bereavement. <laughs> But um, I imagine that that when parents um, learn how to and, and and the elderly learn how to um, walk a journey in their bereavement, they're better equipped to help younger people as well. I'm sure. I'd imagine. What were your thoughts be on that, Gina? Well, I think if as we get older, then yes, we have all experienced bereavement of some sort, and we would be in a better position to help the young people. But it depends very much, I think, on the circumstances of the death. And quite often the children or young people need support whilst the parent is still alive so that that support is carrying them through the journey and it carries on afterwards so they've got that initial contact whilst the parent is still alive but they continue with that contact afterwards so that um there is some continuity there of support for the children hmm. and i know in the school in our town then I, i'm fairly sure that that is what happens that's wonderful thanks for the call helena you're welcome. Thank you. Great. We're um we're coming to the end of the program. Um, I just had one little thing that I wanted to ask you. I I've so I have the pleasure of of seeing uh, your collection of books behind you as you as you're speaking, <laughs> <laughs> and I think I'm correct in saying that I can see a collection of C.S. Lewis books in 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 the back. Is that right? If I'm if I'm seeing correctly, or am oh, I sorry? What sort of books? C.S. Lewis. Am I am I seeing correctly right down there on the um on your right uh at the at about just below eye level I'm on the far right um or is that that 
Okay. Not that I, I can see. Those are the travel them. books, I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, I know that C.S. Lewis has written about um, about grief. Uh, are you a, a, Have you read his book, A Grief Observed? No, or I'm afraid you? I haven't. I'll go and get it. <laughs> yes, because that's... Um, that's a, a really fascinating book about about his um, when he lost his uh, his wife. He wrote about about going through that um, that experience of grief, and I suppose what you're doing is is exactly that. It's it's a uh, um, journeying with people is observing their grief and acknowledging it, and um, not asking them that question, "How are you?" in a way that just sort of um, expects a a short um, answer that doesn't really allow them to open up. So that's that's true, and I have to confess that I have made every mistake in the book. <laughs> I've not approached people in the past because I've not known what to say, and rather than risk upsetting people, I've said nothing, which mm. is the worst thing you can do because you end up isolating people, and people think. Well, she used to speak to me, but what have I done to upset them? And really, that that person hasn't done anything, but they have already lost a, a loved one. Mm. And then they get isolated because as British people, we we tend to, you know, not express our emotions. And we don't speak out about bereavement and death because it's a bit of a taboo subject these days, but we need to open it up so that we are more comfortable to talk about it and we are then in a better position to support people. Even if you go up and say, I'm sorry for your loss, but I don't know what to say, but I'm happy to sit here with you and listen. Um, yeah, that's that's really wonderful. I think I'm one of those people who needs that kind of um, encouragement because I definitely find myself not knowing what to say and then sometimes making the mistake of not saying anything at all. So I'd like to thank you so much for your courage because I am sure that it, um, this has taken a lot of courage to do what you're doing. And um, I really hope that what the work that you're doing will expand and there'd be more um, places for people to meet people who are, are suffering from, from bereavement. And, um, and yes, just like to thank you for, for being on today's um, program of, of just life. It's been a great, great, great pleasure. Kina. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. All right. God bless you. Goodbye. God bless. Bye. This was a Radio Maria podcast. If you enjoyed it, do please click like and subscribe on your podcast provider or leave us a review. Every bit of feedback helps increase our visibility and allows us to reach more people with the message of Christ's saving truth. And if you don't already, you can listen to Radio Maria live either online or on DAB in selected regions of the UK. We'd love for you to call in live and be part of the conversation. 
See our website radiomariaengland.uk for more details and a full schedule of programmes. And do please consider making a donation so that we can keep making more programmes like this. We are completely dependent upon the generosity of our listeners.